Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Pick it up a little guitar solo. I like it. My favorite part of the song. Oh, one of the better parts. Not a big radio hit, Ben. Not released for uh, radio consumption, but it's the song that's played everywhere. Yeah, you don't want to play seven and a half minutes of Stairway to Heaven, I guess. Plus, you want well, to they did a break, back, I guess. Well, yeah, back in the day, they did for the break. You know. uh, hey, everybody. Uh, we're on... Uh, the ending of a 23-hour break from the Patrick Johnson Show. It is uh, great to have you with us. Uh, I am merely Patrick Johnson, your ride home today. We've got a great uh, show planned for you. Uh, ben, we have uh, yesterday able to work out at least part of our issues. And now we're going to – you'll be able to talk to the people. And if you're nice to Ben, Ben will be nice to you. And you'll be able to give away some tickets. So stand by for that, Ben. Stand by. Okay, all right, all right. By the way, uh, hello to Ben Byram, who's back in the studio today. Ben, uh, with us three days a week now. Hey, uh, man. Five. I'm a part-timer now. No, I wouldn't say that. I'd just say, you you know, you got other obligations, and, and that's fine. We all have other obligations in, in this business, and that's the thing. Like, if your class invited me to speak, Ben, that's what I'd say. Got <laughs> what did I tell you, Ben? When I when you told me what you were going to major in, I said that's great. Find something else. But <laughs> well, no, I didn't say. Now you see, you're making it sound like I'm bitter old radio guy. I didn't tell you like that. I I told you, I, I treated you as if you were. I'm not going to say my son, but I'll just say my younger cousin. I sat you down and I said, Ben, that's great, but you need to find another major, double major, Ben. Find something useful you can always fall back on. That's the sound advice I'd give the kids today. They want to get in the business. What do you think of that, Ben? I mean, am, am I wrong? Am I am I out of bounds on that? I think that's solid advice. I don't have a problem with it. I've 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 took you up on that offer. I've I've looked into yeah. it. I've I've got some other things going along the way. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you. Make sure you make sure you get out of there with a dual major. <laughs> that's my that's my advice to don't you. Don't leave any money on the Court- table. Intern Courtney, my advice to you would be. Get out of there with a double major if you can. If you got to stay four more years, so be it. What What are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Hello to intern Courtney. She had a terrified look on her face. <laughs> I don't even know what she's thinking right now. <laughs> I'll have to tell. I'll have to. She'll have to come up to the learning tree one day, and I'll give her an idea of what's what's going on. And but that would be my piece of advice. Um, because this is a this is an experience and. Uh, Let's face it, get a break business. That's that's the way it is. All right, uh, Ben, who are you rooting for this weekend in college football? Do you have a team in particular you're rooting for? Well, ECU, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, you should be. Of course, we'll we'll be there covering the Pirates beginning at noon uh, on Saturday with our Pirate Game Day countdown from noon until 2.30. Ben, are you ready for the two-and-a-half-hour edition of the show? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Okay. All right. Well, we got it for you. Uh, we'll lead you into network coverage here on 94.3 The Game and then 3.30 kickoff between East Carolina and Tulane. Pirates uh, need to get off the schneid a little bit against the Green Wave 
Uh, the Greenies, as I like to call them, the Greenies have won three in a row against East Carolina. Uh, the Pirates uh, and Green Wave, you can hear it here on 94.3. The game also 107.9 WNCT. That'll be at 2.30, but again, we'll be on from noon until 2.30 with our Pirate Game Day countdown in its 32nd year, the award-winning Fastest two hours in radio, and it is fueled by Bush Light. And as always, our uh, pirate partners bring you our ECU uh, coverage. Uh, they include TransImpact, experts at FedEx and UPS bulk rate negotiation. We fix what you can't see. Caribsea Restaurant in Emerald Isle, exceptional steak, locally sourced seafood, and delicious signature cocktails. Fantastic Sam's cut and color. Eastern Carolina's Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated. To make you look great and buy Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood, bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. That might be in order tonight, a little barbecue. There you go. Might be in order tonight. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to do better, Ben, but I just I got a thing for Q. I'm a body built by Q, and I, I just <laughs> love me some barbecue, man. It's uh, the style. Chicken, it's all right. I, I love them. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm Team Eastern style. It's, it's way, hard to no live doubt. in the South. So many, so much good food. Yeah, it is. We but we make it we make it work somehow. Uh, so you're obviously rooting for ECU. Uh, you know, Duke and you would see are playing this weekend. It's not quite the overhyped deal that it is in basketball, but I mean, it is a kind of root for a tie. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, all of a sudden, because Duke. I mean. Look, Duke very quietly three and one. Everybody made a big hubba balub after they lost to Charlotte, and then they got know, together. Duke is not knocked. Well, they haven't looked great, but they're at least three and one. I mean, it took them a while to shake A and T. I'll say this much about Charlotte. I mean, they have talent. They consistently have been putting guys in the draft year after year, so it's not like they're any pushovers or anything. So I'm not going to hold sure, that no, loss no, too much I, against them. No, I'm not. I'm not. Say it anything at all. I mean, it was on the road. Yeah, no, no, no. I was Charlotte. Dis- I wasn't. Yeah. disagreeing with you or anything. But you know, Cutcliffe with with the lunatic fringe in that fan base, and believe me, it exists in that fan base. Believe it or not. Uh, you know, Cut was on a little bit of a. Uh, how would you say it, Ben? Uh, I, I, as much of a hot seat as Cutcliffe could be on. Yeah. But uh, you know, here they are at three and one. Uh, they they just pounded. Uh, Kansas in the final score. That game got a little interesting. Uh, they had a huge lead against Northwestern and held on for dear life, but still won. Scored a ton of That's points. That's a good win. Well, look, the Duke's beaten two for better or for worse. P5 yeah. opponents. Not everybody in the ACC can say that right now, can they? Yeah. Uh, you know, UNC, let's face it. They've either been really, really great on offense or they've, they've just been terrible. And they're coming off a, an awful loss at Georgia Tech. So maybe you're rooting for one of those. Look, Skip Holtz is back in Raleigh this weekend. He's going to lead Louisiana Tech into uh, into uh, Raleigh to take on NC State. That's a tw- that's a they're a 21 point dog. I think. I Give think me that all spread, day. Yeah. Give me that all day. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if Louisiana Tech wins. If the game were at noon, I'd definitely say give it to me all day. It's a six o'clock game, so I, I'm assuming. Like I said, kind of give me that action all day. I can I can live with that. But let me tell you who you ought to be rooting for this weekend, Ben. Cincinnati? Cincinnati. There we go. Now, you might say, why, Patrick? They're a conference rival. Well, pretty simple. <laughs> right now, they're the best chance to get into the playoff. And in a year where nobody's outside of Alabama's really, really good, I guess Georgia, maybe, maybe. 
Well, their starting I mean, quarterback if, might be out for their game against Arkansas, so that could very exactly. well be a loss. And Arkansas could beat them. Look, Arkansas is very good. Uh, I like Oregon, although they are in the Pacific 12, and maybe they're a little more uh, sizzled than steak, but I like Oregon. Uh, you know, Penn State, begrudgingly, there they are at 4-0. and Iowa somehow out to the 4-0 start. I mean, Oklahoma hasn't looked dominant. Clemson obviously has lost. I mean, Michigan's 4-0 for crying out loud. A lot of those teams do look beatable, so it's going to be very interesting. I mean, Cincinnati's I mean, got a but legit but think chance. About it. Outside, of, outside of Bama, has anybody looked untouchable so far? No, no. I mean, people might say Georgia, but, I mean, even Georgia. I mean, they were they played it close against Clemson, and Clemson isn't really great that this year. So, I mean, everybody looks beatable right about now. The Ducks won at Ohio State. That's probably the most impressive win so far this year. I yeah. think we'd all agree with that. And look, but it took them a while to shake Fresno. Fresno's pretty good this year. Fresno might be in a weird year, maybe that New Year's Six kind of contender, but a lot would have to happen in front of them. They can easily finish I'll, top 25 this year, and you would have never expected well, it coming into the season. No, no, the Valley. So let me tell you who is watching this game with tremendous interest on Saturday. Notre Dame, because if Notre Dame wins, this pretty well solidifies their opportunity to, to maybe make a legit push to get into the to the playoff. Because, I mean, they're not in the ACC this year like they were last year. So they, they don't have that sort of again. Right. They don't have that automatic entree. Now they've got the cachet. They've got the name wrecking, if I may invoke a little French. Uh, so they have the cachet. They have the name, the brand name recognition. So obviously a win at home, which would be their 27th win in a row at home over Cincinnati, would give them – a, a boost I'd have to imagine and have them knocking on a top four playoff berth probably for at least the next month. I don't know their schedule chapter and verse. I'll look it up now on this great invention called the World Wide Web. Well, when we so look at good, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. I, I was going to say, um, when we were looking yeah. at the proposed uh, expanded playoff, I mean, what we kind of learned is that they're not a fan of Notre Dame being an independent. Like they're going to use any excuse against them from getting in the college well, football playoffs. It yeah. seems like as as we talked about that yesterday, that thing looks tenuous at best. But look, in the here and the now, they got to go to Virginia Tech in uh, 10 days. I mean, that's not going to be easy to go there. It's a night game. Tech will be hype. They got their familiar matchup with USC. They play UNC on the day before Halloween. Uh, but really, there's not a whole lot. Maybe Stanford at the end of the year. I mean, look, anything can happen in a given week. We, we know that. You listed out that is kind of a tough schedule. They do have some tough opponents, but those are all games they should win, in my opinion. Well, out of all those opponents, the only ranked opponent outside of beating Wisconsin and thumping them last week is Cincinnati. Yeah. So uh, this is a big, big matchup for the Irish. Coastal Carolina's probably watching it pretty closely, I'd have to imagine. Coastal's got really only one more stumbling block that I see, and that, that would be App State. Everything else is kind of automatic for them with the way that program's rolling right now. BYU, though, ahead of Coastal. But BYU, in my opinion, got a little tougher road. They got Boise a week from Saturday, albeit at home. They got to go to Baylor on the 16th. They'll have Virginia, and for what it's worth, Southern Cal left. So, I mean, there's some opportunities there. You never know what can happen. I mean, Southern Cal might have it together at the end of the year. You know, Virginia's proven they can score points. Baylor's surprising. And that's a road game for BYU. So that's going to be a tough putt for them. 
Uh, Bearcats are a two and a half point favorite in that game on the road. Really? I think it comes. Yeah. Wow. I think it comes down to this. I think it comes down to this. Notre Dame has had a hard time running the football this year. They're outside the top 120 in yards per game rushing. Usually that's Cincinnati, their bread and butter right there is running the football. It is. Cincinnati, they're not lights out against the run, but they're pretty good. They're in the upper half of the of, of all of college football against the run. They don't allow a ton of yards per attempt. It's hard to score against them running the football in the red zone. Uh, and they can get to the quarterback and get into the backfield. So I, I do like the fact that Cincinnati is decent against the run, and that's an area where Notre Dame struggles. Here's a little stat. I got a neato stat for you, Ben. Uh-oh. Bearcats have 19 tackles for loss this year through three games. Notre Dame, through their four games, have allowed 39. So there's an area to keep an eye on. Cincinnati's got the advantage there. Okay. Notre Dame offensively is probably, I would say they're both pretty even, to be honest with you. No, I can I don't see think, that. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think anybody, I don't think Notre Dame necessarily, even with Cone, is, is a big advantage. I mean, I'd almost say at quarterback, Cincinnati may have the advantage. I mean, Ritter's dynamite, as we know. Uh, look, Cincinnati can score the football. I, this is, they're not, they're not going to get a break. We know that they won't get the first break from, from the officials in this thing. Uh, but I mean, if you're going to root for somebody this weekend, obviously root for ECU, I guess Duke over UNC because it is UNC. I mean, we're, we're rooting for Louisiana Tech to beat State so we can shut up all the NC State fans that you work with, right? Right? Right. I mean, they claim they're the best in the ACC. Let's oh. see. I think Louisiana Tech isn't going to be any kind of pushover game. No. I, I Look, Louisiana Techs, they've played close games. Uh, they, they've got a couple of losses that probably shouldn't have. Look, they look better against Mississippi State than NC State did. Yeah. But if you're going to root for anybody this weekend, because if Cincinnati is able to crash this party, not only does that kind of break through the perceived glass ceiling. Now, look, I get they're leaving in three, four years, whatever it is. I get it. But this is the this is a good thing for the American because of the dollars. And what I, I can't if if Uncle Patty has taught you one thing, what's good for the Cincinnati's and UCF's of the world when it comes to football, what's good for Houston going to the Final Four is good for ECU because it's good for the American. Yeah, we'd all rather ECU be doing these things. But in the meantime, let's have somebody, at least from the American, involved in this. Not necessarily the New Year's Six. And see, I think if Cincinnati wins, how can you deny them? Especially if they run the table the rest of the way. And I know that would include a win over ECU at the end of the season, if that scenario plays out. But how can you deny them if they win this weekend? They pass their test at Indiana. And look, Indiana's no great shakes. But, I mean, the Hoosiers are a formidable, you know, at least representative Big Ten program, especially at home. We watched that game in the studio, Ben. They gave them a game. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd I'd say if if Cincinnati wins this weekend, they take care of business the rest of the way. This punches their ticket in my mind. I think it really I'm sh- I think it really depends on what these other teams like your Oregons, your Georgias, maybe even a team like Arkansas does because I think they're going to give the first nod to an undefeated, let's say, SEC team or even an SEC team that's got one loss before they give it to Cincinnati. I I honestly believe that. I 
don't think they're going to give well, that, this team any kind of breaks. That's where it comes in. I mean, look, Arkansas is not going to the playoff. There's it, no way. It could happen just because of the conference they play in. And let's say, what no, if they're a team that runs the table? I think it very well could happen just because the conference well, now, look, they play if they in. Run the table, if they've run the table, they've beaten Alabama and they've won the SEC championship. But do you foresee that happening? Well, even if they have a loss to Alabama, I still think they're going to probably get a nod or even get, or just at the very least get looked at or considered. Well, they'd have to be in the, they'd have to go to the SEC championship game and be undefeated. I got that. that yeah, I get that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I mean, they would have knocked off Bama. I'm not trying to discount what you, there's just, there's no way to, they, they leap over Bama without beating them. Uh, if it's Georgia and Alabama and the, they're both undefeated, somebody has one loss out of the championship game, yeah, you could see that. We've seen it before. Um, but um, I think this is the year that's – but, it, you know, you got to take care of business, and it is not going to be easy, and they will not get a break on Saturday. You can rest assured of that. Uh, that is a 2.30 game, so we'll be wrapping up on the air when that comes on. be interesting to pay attention to see how that game goes. Uh, all right, we have uh, tickets to the ECU homecoming game against Tulane, a pair to give away. Uh, we're going to uh, take caller five in the break. Ben, you ready with caller five? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, we also have a 94-3 The Game t-shirt. Tomorrow we might have some more goodies. But today we have the uh, two tickets to homecoming this weekend, ECU Tulane and a 94-3 The Game t-shirt. We're going to do our pirate report next. Here's some comments from Coach Houston. So let's uh, grab a break, and you can be caller five and win at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. That is 561-GAME. Caller 5 will be a winner of our tickets and a 94.3 The Game t-shirt. It's a handsome purple t-shirt. We'll be back with more of the PJ Show after this. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! Or tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. at a high tomorrow with uh, partial sunshine, 79, Ooh. 80 Friday, sunny and beautiful, and uh, 83 for your game day Saturday, currently in Greenville, uh, 82 degrees, partly sunny skies out of the airport. Hey, uh, Ben, did you see where uh, Rose won last night? I did, I did. That was a good win. I like it. Got some, uh, not only Michael Allen, but one of their other running backs. Got a big performance out of the that tandem, and they beat previously undefeated Jacksonville, 28-21. So congrats to Coach Bland and his staff and all the Rampants. They'll be back on the air against Northside Jacksonville Friday night. You can hear that game right here on 94.3, the game at 7 o'clock. Uh, let's do today's uh, Pirate Report, shall we? And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. And it is brought to you by Acre Station, local grown pork, beef, fresh and smoked sausage, Acre Station Meat Farm, Highway 32 in Pinetown. Also by Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, your one-stop destination for hunting, fishing, and boating supplies. Bill Clark Homes. 
Of course, you remember earlier in the year they made that big contribution to Pirate Nation by purchasing the entire upper deck for the South Carolina game to honor first responders in our military. Bill Clark Holmes, soon to be Hall of Famer, Bill Clark at Bill Clark Holmes, personifies pirates supporting pirates, and by Barbara Hendrick Honda at the point of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. They bring you today's uh, pirate report. By the way, congratulations to our ticket winner, our pal Mac over in Washington. Congrats, Mac, and uh, call back again when we get our uh, phone issues totally sorted out. We'd love to talk to you on air. Uh, but uh, congratulations to him. He wins a, a couple of tickets to the game this weekend and a 94-3 The Game t-shirt. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is Coach Houston in today's Pirate Report. Uh, and I've said this for a while. Willie Fritz is about as impressive a coach as you will find. I mean, Tulane was a uh, nothing job. I mean, I remember the, you know, I had that undefeated Watson Brown year many, many moons ago. Uh, but by and large, that Tulane thing is is kind of been dormant there in New Orleans. But Willie Fritz has come in and done a really good job. He's put some guys in the pros. And uh, he and Coach Houston are really close friends. As he put it, uh, Coach Houston, that is, you see Willie Fritz's fingerprints all over this program. You know, Coach Fritz's fingerprints everywhere uh, on the program. Um, you know, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, I think you see a very physical football team. That's the biggest thing that stands out. You know, when you watch their offensive line, the way they play, you know, Coach and I have a very similar philosophy on how, uh, you know, how the game should be played. Uh, and I think it's just very obvious, uh, you know, watching them, uh, just seeing his philosophy there. So uh, I think the physicality is the big thing that stands out. Certainly they have talented players. Quarterback's a great player. Uh, but that's the first thing that pops. Well, I think you see, you know, Coach Fritz. Uh, and then we have uh, Coach Houston's assessment as uh, kind of how the two-lane season has gone. You know, they were displaced after Hurricane Ida. Uh, they've they've had some interesting games. They, they kind of let one slip through their fingers against UAB this past weekend. Obviously uh, lost a close one out at Oklahoma to start the season, a game they would have played at home had not uh, the hurricane come through. So this is Coach Houston, uh, cut four on the vast soundbite roster, talking about how today or how uh, Tulane has looked uh, to date. Well, you know they played uh, you know very well at Oklahoma uh, opening weekend. You know had a chance to win the ball game on the final drive, and I think uh, you know I think Pratt earned a lot of respect uh, from the Oklahoma Oklahoma faithful just the way he competed that day. Um, had a tough game at Ole Miss, uh, but you know. Ole Miss is, you know, they're having a pretty good, pretty special year. You know, they've got a pretty big ball game this week also. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, Tulane's well-tested. Uh, you know, they had a tough loss to UAB the other night in a game that I'm sure Coach Fritz feels like they should have won. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a big challenge for us. Um, you know, as you look back over the span of the last 11 games or so that we've played, uh, you know, the Tulane game last year is one that stands out where, you know, I didn't feel like we played – uh, you know, at our best, you know, we were coming off the, the tough, the tough game at Tulsa and certainly that may have had a little bit to do with it. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you did not have one of your better performances against this group last year. So, um, you know, our kids are going to be motivated, uh, you know, between, you know, the way we played last Saturday night and first conference football game and, and, you know, that performance last year against Tulane. I mean, our group's going to be motivated, uh, you know, that they want to play well. They want to, they want to figure out a way to win this ball game. And so, uh, I expect us to have a great week of practice this week. Uh, I expect us to be ready to play at 3.30 on Saturday, and I expect us to play very well. 
Uh, Coach Houston referenced last year that was uh, a game that uh, ended up being a little closer than the final score may would indicate. Uh, the two teams playing in Greenville for the second time in 11 months, and uh, Coach Houston talked about using last year's game to prepare for this year's matchup. Well, yeah, I think I think that makes sense to look at it. We have looked at it uh, in detail. I mean, I think you look at the you look at the sampling from the first four games this year, uh, and then you look at the stuff they did last year because is is the same quarterback. It's a different coordinator. Uh, but it's still same head coach, same philosophy, uh, and, and the same quarterback. So, you know, they're going to look at the things they did well against us last year. We're going to look at the things that, you know, we struggled with last year as we're, as we're putting together a game plan and kind of mesh that with what, uh, you know, what we've seen from the first four ball games. The uh, Pirates, according to Coach Houston, and our Pirate report today need to be more productive on early downs. we got to be better on first down. That's the biggest problem. You know, if – if we can get our offense in, in third and threes and third and fours, then you're going to see us be a lot more effective on, on third down. If we're going to be in third and nines and third and elevens, then we're not going to be very effective. And that's, those are the biggest issues. And, you know, it's, it, it was the issue the other night is just, you know, we, we've got to be more productive on the early downs, uh, drive the football better. Uh, you know, it's just you, you can't continually get yourselves in, in third and longs. Those are, those are challenging situations for you offensively. It's what we try to do defensively. You know, we, our big thing on defense is, you know, try to play well on first and second down, get it to third down and win third down. Uh, but if you're, if you're sitting third and two defensively all the time, you're going to struggle on third down. So um, that's the big thing. It's just being more productive on the early downs. Yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, that's something that's absolutely uh, – a necessity and uh east carolina kind of kind of didn't do that really uh to the degree one would have liked to have seen um we have uh john young uh named uh, the ray guy punter of the week after his performance uh against uh, uh against the uh buccaneers of charleston southern uh five of his seven punts inside the 20 and three of those were down inside the 10. And uh, look, he's been a very effective weapon for the Pirates this year. 29 punts, averaging over 44 yards. Uh, this is uh, Coach Houston on how John Young has performed in 2021. Well, I think the big uh, improvement on John you know, this year from last year has been the consistency. Uh, he's doing a tremendous job with hang time. Uh, as well as distance, you know, last year he would hit a good one. He would hit one that wasn't so good. You know, he, he would hit one with great distance. It wouldn't have great hang time. He was just very inconsistent. Uh, he worked very, very hard in the off season, uh, and the, and that hard work is showing. Uh, you know, you know his 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 punts are all four plus hang time, uh, and with the play of our gunners, you know, Josiah Josiah Hatfield's the one that really stood out the other night. You know, it's really forcing a lot of fair catches. And then, you know, you look at the last punt of the ball game, you know, in that situation, I wanted to make sure we were sound in protection so we stayed in a base punt formation so we would make sure that the kick was protected. But I really just told him, I said, this is where we need the ball. Uh, and, you know, he's, he was able to put it right where we needed it, just side downed it on the two-yard line, which created a long field uh, and really set up the ending of the ball game. So he's doing a great job. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you're going to see two of, I think, the best – two of the best punters in the league, uh, you know, this week. Uh, Tulane's punter is one of the top punters in the country. Uh, so you're going to see two of the better specialists uh, that there are this, this, uh, this weekend. 
Yep, that is uh, Ryan Wright, and uh, he's a good one. And uh, that that could be an interesting uh, matchup between uh, those two. And whoever has the better day might lead their team to a victory as far as who could change and flip the field and allow uh, the defense to, uh, to, to you know, maybe have a longer field uh, for the opposition to work against. Uh, Pirate defense uh, has, has had some moments, but uh, they've also had some moments where they played very well. All right, uh, that is today's pirate report. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, we wanted to get to this Monday, and we we could not. I was just uh, floored at what a great uh, conversation I had alongside Terrence Copper with uh, Chancellor Philip Rogers, uh, and he was magnificent. The Greenville native, uh, ECU's new chancellor, has been on the job now for a little over six months. I, I think he's been uh, just, just marvelous. And I was impressed, really, really impressed with him. He, he gave us a lot of time and we got a lot of great questions in on him. So I, I wanted to re-air that today since we had some time. So we'll get to some of the highlights from that coming up in our next segment. But right now, this very moment, this very second on this fine radio product, Ben Byram has an update on what's going on in the world of sports for you right now, Ben. Thanks, Patrick. We start from Pirate Football as ECU head football coach Mike Houston addressed the media yesterday. Here's what coach had to say when asked about the Green Wave. Now they've improved under head coach Willie Fritz. Well, I think you see, you know, Coach Fritz's fingerprints everywhere uh, on the program. Um, you know, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, I think you see a very physical football team. That's the biggest thing that stands out. You know, when you watch their offensive line, the way they play, you know, Coach and I have a very similar philosophy on how, uh, you know, how the game should be played. Uh, and I think it's just very obvious, uh, you know, watching them, uh, just seeing his philosophy there. So uh, I think the physicality is the big thing that stands out. Certainly they have talented players. Quarterback's a great player, uh, but that's the first thing that pops. Elsewhere in college football, Georgia starting quarterback JT Daniels is dealing with a lat injury, and his status for the Bulldogs' upcoming top 10 showdown against Arkansas is unknown. From the NFL, former All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman has signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers worth $2.5 million. The Baltimore Ravens will finally get some help at receiver as Ricky Rashad Bateman is expected to be activated off IR this week, along with former Pro Bowl edge rusher Justin Houston on the defensive side of the ball. And the Detroit Lions released veteran linebacker Jamie Collins after no success when it came to being able to find a trade. Wrapping up from the NBA, the Denver Nuggets extended Michael Porter Jr. to a five-year extension of $207 million. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. Well, the drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. The Pirate Game Day Countdown coming your way on Saturday. We'll be on the air at high noon, a special two-and-a-half-hour homecoming edition. Very much looking forward to it. Should be a great show, and uh, we'll have a lot of things to talk about uh, as we lead you into ECU and Tulane. Terrence Copper and myself, so we hope you'll join us right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Also, if you want to come by our location in the Taft Family Plaza outside of Town Bank Tower, Near the Pirate Club entrance, uh, 
come on in and say hello to us. It'd be great to have you uh, stop by and maybe even get you on the air to talk a little pirate football with us. Pirate game day countdown. It is fueled by Bush Light. Uh, wanted to get to this Monday, and we just didn't have time. Didn't have time yesterday, but I did want to re-air this because I, I realized, you know, some people maybe are uh, not near a radio on Saturdays if they're tailgating or, or you know have other things going on in their life. But we had a chance to interview Philip Rogers, the Chancellor of uh, ECU, and I wanted to kind of uh, narrate you through part of this. I was real impressed with the Chancellor. It was my first chance to meet him. I, I, I. I was trying to think back this week. I don't think I'd ever met him when he was uh, the chief of staff for Chancellor Ballard. I, I don't think I had the occasion to meet If I did, I, I certainly don't remember it. But um, I was real impressed with him. He was a great, great uh, uh, guy and gracious to give us as much time as he did on our uh, Fort Game Day 2.0 set outside of the Town Bank Tower last Saturday. Uh, I did talk to him. This, of course, was prior to the uh, game against Charleston Southern where the Pirates uh, – played a game that was a little too close for comfort against the Buccaneers, but uh, had just come off that tremendous come-from-behind win uh, now 10 days ago against Marshall. This is uh, this is Chancellor Rogers' reaction to what I, you know, I, I said, obviously that's, that's helped, I guess, bring some energy to the campus uh, going into last week's game. It brings a tremendous amount of energy to the campus. Uh, everybody was walking around uh, all week long fired up about pirate football, and it just helps to come off a big win like that and then have a home game immediately oh, yeah. after it uh, because this community was just uh, showing up in every way. I pulled into the stadium earlier today, and the tailgate lots were full, and uh, everybody's really laser-focused on what we're going to do today. So that was the beginning of our conversation. You heard Terrence Copper there. He was alongside uh, last Saturday when we interviewed Philip Rogers. Going to, uh, again, replay you some more of that here on our Patrick Johnson show today because I, I just I think it's a great interview, and I was so impressed uh, with uh, Chancellor Rogers. So he's some 200 days into his tenure as ECU's 12th uh, chancellor, and I asked him about uh, that and the real approach of kind of hitting the ground running as he has done. been a lot of issues at play that we've been focusing and taking head on. The biggest has been navigating the, the pandemic-based environment here in mm -hmm. a collegiate campus, and that's never easy, but I think we've got the right mitigation efforts in place, and uh, it's just great to see our students back on campus, face-to-face, yeah. uh, -face yeah. learning in person. Being away from campus like this is, is not sustainable for, for their education, but just for the university as a whole, is it? No, not, not at all. People uh, thrive uh, in a much more intentional way when they're learning and working and playing and engaging with each other and, and being able to participate in all of those student activities that come along with being on a college campus. You know, I've, what's been so interesting to me is walking around campus and seeing all of the sophomore students who are here actually for the first semester. First you know, they, were, yeah. they, were, yeah. they were gone. They were online for uh, almost the entire year last year. And so in a lot of ways, we have two freshman classes. And um, it's fun to, to be able to have 8,000 students who are experiencing this type of game day environment for the first time and uh, cheering on the Pirates in the Boneyard. Chancellor Rogers, what's the uh, uh, the enrollment this year? Has that number been settled? As of, I know there's a period of time uh, that has to go by. Yeah, we, we've reached enrollment day. That was census day. That's 10 days after classes. We're at tw over tw a little over 28,000 students this oh, year. Wow. Uh, just a little bit of a drop from last year, a little over 2%. And uh, we're you know, plugged in on developing strategies to continue to increase that number and, and get us back to a level that we really think we can be. So this is the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, from Saturday, we had a chance to talk with uh, ECU Chancellor Philip Rogers. A really uh, splendid conversation with him. Really enjoyed the chance 
to catch up with uh, Chancellor Rogers. And uh, he stopped by our Fort Game Day 2.0 uh, set outside the Town Bank Tower. I uh, wanted to, uh, and I, I did, we asked Chancellor Rogers, you know, as far as his ultimate vision for ECU as a university as a whole, uh, not just in the short term, but also the long term vision for East Carolina University. It's a question that I love to ask. I'm, I'm leading a, a tour on campus, a listening tour called the Pirates Perspectives Tour. And I'm spending um, as much time as possible trying to meet every single constituency of East Carolina University. And wow. so over the last six months, I've had 24 meetings on campus with 24 different campus groups. I've got 36 more to go. I'm 60 <laughs> meetings wow. over the first uh, seven to eight months. And I'm asking that very question because I really think it's important. And this is one of the things I learned growing up in Eastern North Carolina is that developing Developing a vision for a place like East Carolina University is best done through the lens of the people who live it and breathe it and experience it every day. So yeah. I'm out on the road asking that question, and there's some exciting wow. answers. That we well, hear. there are. That's the big thing here, and I think you know, being in Eastern North Carolina as well, and, and Terrence, we we get this. University is so much more than than you know. Game day is huge. We know. Oh yeah. Uh, the university itself, but it's it's a hub really for the whole eastern part of the state. It's kind of the beacon of the eastern part of the state. That, that's exactly what it is, and that's exactly why I came back to eastern North Carolina. I was here as chief of staff in a, n- a number of different roles before I uh, left in 2013. I went to Washington, D.C. and uh, played a major leadership role as senior vice president of the American Council on Education. And one of the things w- I saw there looking at 4,000 universities across the country were that the institutions that stayed true to their mission, that served the constituents in their own backyard were mm-hmm. the ones that gained the most national and statewide attention. And we do that better than anybody. We focus on student success. We focus on public service and on regional transformation. And the impact that we make through our mission on Eastern North Carolina is second to none around this country. Chancellor Philip Rogers joined us uh, on our game day set. And uh, we uh, talked about a myriad of topics. Uh, This is uh, an interview I wanted to re-air because of, uh, I I just, I'm so impressed with the chancellor and the leadership, uh, and the fact that he's a, a guy from Eastern North Carolina, a guy from right here in Greenville, he gets it. Uh, so I asked him what he thought East Carolina's role would be in a global sense in what is quite obviously an ever-evolving uh, way that people will get education. I, I, certainly, I think it's very important for young people to be back on campus uh, and start their college, respective uh, college careers on a campus setting. I, I think there's a lot of value in that, but There are working adults that are looking to continue education or or get an additional degree, or it just may not work for somebody to be involved in, uh, you know, having to go to classes per se. So that is uh, something I asked the chancellor about what ECU's role as far as distance learning and remote learning uh, is in this uh, possible new landscape. I think the key is making sure that we meet students where they are. Mm-hmm. We asked mm-hmm. the question, how do you best learn? What are the best ways in which you can engage with a, either an experiential or in-classroom or online learning experience? And how do we design that in a unique way to meet the students where their needs are? And so for some students, uh, they thrive in the online learning experience. And it's all about access. We may have single parents who are in Bertie County, North Carolina, that are mm-hmm. working full-time jobs. And they they rely on online learning opportunities. We've got others who need to be here on campus and they thrive in living learning activities. And then you've got others who who really embrace a hybrid learning model. And so we have to be ready to deliver in whatever area the student needs in order to keep them 
focused in what they're doing. I think this hiring of you is fantastic because uh, I'm always a big advocate. Who's the best person for the job? But it just helps that you're from here. And and in some cases, those two things don't always go hand in hand, but the timing seemed right about that. And, and just hear you talk about places like Bertie County. Somebody might not be able to pronounce Bertie County correctly. <laughs> and as you know, that gets under the uh, skin of everybody here from uh, the East when, when it's called Kingston, for example, where I'm from. It's Kingston. Not that's, Kingston. Right. that's right. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to make that comment because I, I just think that that is – uh, really uh, uh, can't be stated enough that, that, I mean, this is home for you. And so there's, this is more than just, I want to do a great job. This is, I want to, I want to really do uh, the best job possible for my region. Yeah. I told the search committee and the board of governors and the board of trustees, there's a learning curve in every job, especially one that has this much responsibility and the stakes are so high, but being from Eastern North Carolina, that curve may not be quite as deep. I, I remember specifically telling the board of governors, you're not going to have to tell me where to find deep run or a Hosky or all these Eastern <laughs> North right. Carolina towns. And that, I didn't just want to be a college chancellor or a university right. president. I wanted to be the chancellor of East Carolina University because this is where I can make the biggest difference. What would have been what's been the most surprising thing about this job to you? You know, I think it's it's the just constant pace and the diversity of issues with which you face every day. You can uh, my chief of staff is sitting right over here and mm -hmm. he'll tell you that we walk in the room in the morning. Uh, eight o'clock and you may deal, be dealing with an athletics issue at nine o'clock you're dealing with rural health care in eastern north carolina yeah. 10 o'clock is enrollment 11 o'clock is a legal issue there's you don't know what you're going to face every single day and so you have to be ready to pivot and shift and uh, be very adaptable uh, in what you're what's coming at you let's come back uh, to sports here certainly mike houston uh has uh done a fabulous job as far as getting this program going in the right direction we finally saw the seeds of that kind of sown uh, a little bit last week with the uh, victory uh, and East Carolina uh, with the come from behind win against Marshall, which I'm sure was uh, as thrilling for you as it was for, for Terrence, myself, and all of Pirate Nation mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but uh, what, what is the role, do you see, of not only football, but just athletics within the university community? Well, it's a huge driver of momentum and, and energy within this campus. I mean, especially here in eastern North Carolina, at East Carolina University, within the city of Greenville. It's, it's one of those cultural uh, dynamic aspects of of who we are. It's part of our, our DNA. It's part of our operating uh, mode. And uh, we, we really need uh, success in this space. And I think Mike Houston and John Gilbert and uh, the team that we have right now are the right guys for the job. Mike has instilled a lot of discipline in this team. They, they look and act and play like a, a college football team that right. we're really proud of. And last week was a perfect example of how, you know, you stay focused even in the fourth quarter and you bring that comeback win, that comeback win back home to, to Greenville, North Carolina, and you see the people showing up today ready for action. Chancellor Philip Rogers, uh, a guest with us this past weekend on our Pirate Game Day Countdown. Again, we wanted to present this interview uh, to you today. Had hoped to do it Monday, but it just, you know, it didn't work out. We kind of ran out of time Monday with uh, all of our other obligations, breaking down the Pirates uh, win hearing from the uh, players and Coach Houston in the post game, And then, uh, you know, we talked with Jim Zoki, of course, as we do every Monday. So uh, this is the day it sort of worked out uh, for us best to, to have some time to visit and revisit this interview. Uh, you know, obviously the report yesterday that uh, the Mountain West members, uh, Air Force and Colorado State, are the ones that uh, are, are being kind of looked at as possible members of the uh um, the aac at least uh, two members of possible expansion so we talked with uh chancellor rogers about the americans expansion obviously the university 
uh, chancellors and presidents have a huge say in that as member institutions. They'll be driving a lot of that with input, I'm sure, from their director of athletics and other stakeholders. But uh, ask the chancellor about that and how that whole process and maybe who he believes would be uh, the, the type of institution that uh, the American would target. It is a critical part of this role and uh, engaging with other college presidents and chancellors around the country is is at the heart of how these decisions are made. I think most everyone knows that the, the president's council within whatever conference that you're operating is, is the one that's driving the change and making these decisions. And I've been re- recently... Um, added to the executive committee of the American Athletic Conference. So I'll be sitting at the table with the three to five leaders as a part of uh, the AAC that will be driving these decisions and then presenting them to to the rest of the league for uh, for consideration. And for the last eight, nine years, I've been sitting at the table with uh, thousands of college presidents from uh, conferences all over this country as a part of my role with the American Council on Education. And so having that network, I think, mm-hmm. is first and foremost important because it gives me a lot of intel about what other schools and institutions are thinking. And, you know, we're really fortunate to be in, in the American Conference. It's a great group of schools. You think about Tulane and South Florida and, and many others. They're schools we want to be associated with. And uh, we're, we're going to have to be very thoughtful about the type of profile of institution that that we want to bring in both uh, academically from a media market an institution that's going to be able to uh, sustain the the revenues that mm-hmm. that come with uh, streaming services and a very different uh, market and world that we're operating in from a college athletic standpoint back the last time we did this uh, I was chief of staff at ECU yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, you know it was all about TV ratings and uh, big city markets and now different you, world it's now. a different world yeah. you enter in the the digital aspect and uh, you can you can basically see any school anywhere uh, as a result of ESPN plus and some of these other platforms so uh, we're going to be taking a lot more into consideration this go around this time I'm just going to ask you to take in consideration here. By the way, we have uh, Dr. Philip Rogers, ECU Chancellor. Uh, no app, no Charlotte. I think that's bad for ECU. I'm just, I'm just throwing. That's what I'm rolling out there to you. I think I don't think that that doesn't help what we're trying to get. I, I don't think, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot to to comment on that. But that's uh, since you're on the listening tour. I'm saying so. You, <laughs> I was thinking the opposite. Was, yeah, what do you think, opposite. Terrence? I Give me the lowdown. Bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get the, obviously the Charlotte Metro, uh, and it's a growing program. Uh, but I just, I we that's an advantage we have right now is we're in the American over those sort of schools, and I, just my concern would be we would lose that recruiting advantage. But now, but look, winning cures a lot of ills. Mm-hmm. That's right. When Mike Houston duplicates what we saw last week and. Uh, does that repeatedly, which I'm I'm very confident he will. You know, we've got it. We've got something to to sell recruits. A winning program and a great fan base and a tremendous tradition. Yeah, well, it's a it's it's definitely a fluid situation. Uh, there's a lot of conversation still to be had. I think we're going to try to get together at some point in the next couple of weeks with the presidents of the American Conference to begin thinking about how we can can move in this area, and uh, we'll hope that we can find uh, c- several good schools that'll be able to come in and, and make us proud uh, as part yeah. of this conference. I, I tell you, we uh, are lucky to have Philip Rogers. I was uh, really impressed with him on Saturday. So great to have him. We're going to get him in the studio at some point a little later in the semester. Uh, and I think that'll be really fun to, to talk to him about some other things within the universities. Uh, Spirit, maybe get him on after uh, any announcements or formal uh, lies as far as expansion. Uh, hey, tomorrow we are scheduled to have Ruffin McNeil with us. Just uh, nominated, just uh, elected, I should say, to the uh, ECU Athletics Hall of Fame. So Coach Ruff will be with us tomorrow. Looking forward to that. 
Thanks to Ben Byram. Thanks to intern Courtney. We'll catch you tomorrow. I'll be on Talking the Town for McGee on Sports 7 to 9 on WTIB tomorrow. Have a great evening, everybody.